We start today with stunning hypocrisy. Uh, Republican Congressman James Comer was asked by CNN's Jake Tapper, OK, you're investigating or you want to investigate Joe Biden's handling of classified documents after 15 or 20 documents were found in Biden's possession, uh, which his lawyers immediately contacted the National Archives and turned over. Fine. You want to investigate that. But then you must also want to investigate Donald Trump, right? I mean, Trump had at least hundreds of documents and Trump deliberately took them and Trump used lawyers to try to avoid giving them back rather than immediately turning them over. Clearly, if you're investigating Biden, you must also want to investigate Trump. And James Comer can't explain why he's investigating Joe Biden and not Donald Trump. This is brazen hypocrisy, obvious partisanship, a humiliating double standard. But it's Republican politics in 2023. And it has been for a while. Let's take a look. And Jake Tapper visibly exasperated because what James Comer is saying makes no sense whatsoever. Let's go there because you're talking about the Trump documents. Former President Trump is under an investigation for his own classified documents. There are about 20 in the case of Biden. For right. Trump, there are, about, there are more than 300 classified documents <laughs> in Mar-a-Lago. A big difference here, uh, just on the facts, Trump did not fully comply with the subpoena. His lawyers falsely told investigators that they turned everything in. True. Um, take a listen to what you told CNN about the situation last November. This gets good. I don't know much about that. That's not something that uh, we've requested information just to see what was going on because I don't know what documents were at Mar-a-Lago. Uh, so you know. By the way, Mar-a-Lago. Listen, we went to Mar-a-Lago and there were no documents. Right. Well, because that's not the place. Something we're just waiting to see what comes out on that. But is it fair to say that investigation will be a priority? That will not be a priority. <laughs> so, what do you say <laughs> to viewers who don't understand why President Biden's documents seem like a big priority for you? Yeah. But President Trump, who took hundreds more documents, did not comply with the subpoena, did not reach out to the National Archives or the Justice Department to say, hey, we found these documents. It's not a priority. Do you only care about classified documents being mishandled when Democrats do the mishandling? Yes, that's absolutely right. Right, Jake. I'm a partisan hack. Absolutely not. <laughs> Look, we still don't know what type of documents President Trump had. That's one of the questions we've asked National Archives. Just because Joe Biden's lawyers said they turned over five documents doesn't mean they just turned over five documents. They could have turned over 500 documents. Uh, I'm sorry, but I don't have a lot of confidence in President Biden's personal lawyers. At the end of the day, the National Archives Im implied to us uh, at former Chairman Maloney's <laughs> request and told us that the National Archives was working with the Trump administration during the transition. That's the last communication we had uh -huh. uh, with whether or not the archives had worked. If you are confused and you're wondering, where is the answer about why we care more about the Biden thing than the Trump thing with the documents? If you're searching in this clip for that answer, the, it's not there. That's why you're confused. Trump on uh, removal of, of all the documents from the White House. So yeah. we don't know exactly what uh, Trump has versus what Biden has. Yeah. And part of the reason they don't know if they, is they've said the Trump aspect of this just isn't a priority. They're not trying to find out.
end of the day, my biggest concern isn't the classified documents, to be honest with you. My concern is how there's such a discrepancy in how former President Trump was treated by raiding ah. Mar-a-Lago, by getting the security cameras, by taking pictures of documents on the on the. This is a circle. I hope that many of you recognize this is completely circular. He says, listen, I don't care so much about the difference in the documents. I care about the difference in how they were treated. But of course, to understand the difference in how they've been treated so far, you have to understand the difference between the documents. You have to understand the difference between the number of documents. You have to understand that Trump said, take these documents to my house. Whereas with Joe Biden, everything we know is that we're talking about somewhere between one and two dozen documents that Joe Biden didn't say, keep these, put these in a box and put them next to my Corvette. This clearly was an oversight, which was immediately um, uh, uh, turned over to the National Archives. If you don't understand that, then you wouldn't understand the difference in the treatment. But that's exactly what James Comer wants. By going through Melania's closet. Yeah. Okay. So that's a uh, um, uh, complete inability or unwillingness to explain what the difference is. And James Comer doesn't have any answers because the answer is actually the, the simplest one. He's a partisan hack and he only cares about the Biden documents because Biden's a Democrat and Comer is a Republican. Now, Jake Tapper tried again on this and said, okay, why are you asking for the visitor logs for the Biden White House uh, for Joe Biden, rather, but not for Mar-a-Lago or Mar-a-Largo, as Comer said? Um, and it's uh, the answer will we'll, we'll just whatever the opposite is of a light bulb going off. It, that's what it is. I, I get that. But there's a big difference in how President Biden and his team. Sorry, this is the wrong clip. OK. Here, nope, that's the okay. I don't have the clip. All right, well, that's too bad. That went that went bad. Anyway, uh, I don't know where the clip went, and I apologize that the clip has disappeared. The question from Tapper was, "Why are you asking for the visitor logs for Biden and not for Mar-a-Lago?" And James Comer said, "Well, we're in the middle of a Biden family influence peddling investigation, which is, of course, an investigation that we knew they would do." but is a complete distraction from actual things taking place in the real world. So even Republicans aren't able to explain why the Biden documents are a big deal, but the Trump documents are not. We are left to speculate. My speculation takes me to, well, it's because Trump's a Republican and these hacks are also Republicans. Donald Trump was asked finally about Ron DeSantis possibly running against him and more generally about Ron DeSantis. Trump's answer is stunning and insane, and it is like that of a mafia don of sorts. Trump appeared on the water cooler with David Brody, of course, Trump not appearing in visual form as he often is literally phoning these in lately. Trump asked about DeSantis. Here is his insane answer. I got him elected, pure and simple. He would have never if I if I said I wasn't going to endorse you uh, and I was close. You know, there was no reason to go wild about endorsing him. He was very nice in the sense of the uh, Mueller hoax. <laughs> the just that is that is a bunch of spaghetti thrown at the wall. But it's it just none. It's four different things. But the most important there is DeSantis won by 19 and Trump barely mentioned the guy. Now Trump says, well, I endorsed him, but I didn't go crazy with the endorsement. Trump specifically excluded DeSantis from his final rally in Florida, choosing to campaign only for Marco Rubio and not Ron DeSantis. DeSantis won by 19, even though the polling had him only plus 11.
DeSantis's win is proof that Trump's endorsement is worth a lot less than Trump thinks, not a lot more. And now Trump is getting all mixed up because he knows what is potentially coming in 2024 between him and Ron DeSantis. You know, he was one of about 100 congressmen who fought for me. And so, you know, I felt I felt I might as well endorse him because I didn't know Adam Putnam. But uh, he was a three. He was ready to drop out of the race. It was all done. <laughs> Adam Putnam had that that nomination locked up. You know, the Republican nomination for governor what? of Florida. He had it locked up. It was done. And when I, uh, as Adam Putnam said to me, when I met him a year later, I didn't know him at all, but I saw him. He said it was like a uh, nuclear bomb went off, a yeah. nuclear weapon went off when you endorsed him. And the race was over. He said he didn't even spend his money. There was no way he could have beaten him after I endorsed him. So, you know, now I hear he might want to run against me. So we'll handle that the way I handle things. We will handle that the way I handle things, by which Trump means character assassination, petty nicknames, name calling, maybe even attacking the physical appearance of DeSantis's wife, as he did to Ted Cruz. That's what Trump means by we'll handle it the way I handle things. And this could really be Trump's undoing or it could be DeSantis's undoing. Remember, we don't know. It's not obvious that DeSantis can actually handle a national campaign against Donald Trump. This interview was bonkers. Trump then moved on to saying that he is fighting the deep state. Trump is still fully on this conspiracy stuff, saying he's he's got the deep state against him. Folks, this is a former president. This is equivalent to saying it's the Illuminati who tried to end his candidacy. And, and you know, I'm beating the deep state. I'm fighting the deep state and winning. You are. And you can't just be a real. I think I am a very nice person. But if you're going to win, we have to be tough and we have to fight back for it. And you know, again, I was under siege. And I explained <laughs> that to people. As soon as I explained it, they always agree. Yeah. Basically, you have to fight back. And when you fight back, you know, I want to fight to win. I want to win for the country. I want to win for the people. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I could see a Kellyanne saying, well, he wasn't very nice, but I don't want to be nice. These are people that are thugs. They are very, some very sick and very bad people. And if I fight back, I, it's, you, you don't sound as nice as you should. But Trump's the victim, guys. The deep state is against him. Everyone's against him. He's just fighting for what's his. And everybody calls him mean. What a victim this guy is. Trump then weighed in on the border and, as is often the case, made something up whole cloth that is untrue. See if you can spot it here. Like this, this border is a disgrace. And I don't know if you know, they're letting in prisoners, but they're letting in all their people from mental institutions, many countries. Yeah. Uh, letting them in from that. They're emptying out their mental institutions Let me- into the United States. They are emptying out their mental institutions into the United States. This would be on a Jeopardy category called things that are not happening. And this would be the daily double. Um, that is of course not happening. And it's not enough to say they're emptying out their prisons into the country, which is what Trump used to say. You always have to become more hyperbolic. So now it's they're emptying out their mental institutions. Trump lastly, then, of course, talking about January 6th and um, says that he did absolutely nothing wrong when it comes to January 6th. What about January 6th? Do you think Merrick Garland is going to indict you regarding January 6th? And what would be the fallout if he decided to do that? Right. 
Well, I can't imagine because I did absolutely nothing wrong. I had a speech that was peacefully and patriotically, which they never talk about. Right. Uh, all of the other things that have come out, we've done absolutely nothing wrong. Uh, we, uh, I protest to this day. I protest that election. That election was a disaster. Right. And so what Trump is saying, of course, is that the rioters were right to be there because Trump really did win and the protesters, rioters and insurrectionists knew it. And so they were right to be there. This is as dangerous as you can imagine for a guy who lost, incited a riot, is on the verge of being indicted and is now running again. And one other aspect of this interview that we're going to look at separately, the evangelicals are not only turning on Trump, Trump is turning on the evangelicals. This is absolutely tremendous. Donald Trump is fully turning on evangelicals for his 2024 run as the race seems to be collapsing for Trump. We never count him out. We know what happened in 2016, but Trump is in trouble here, early trouble. And evangelicals seem to be abandoning him. And he is now furious with the evangelicals. This is part of that interview we looked at earlier where he appeared on the water cooler with David Brody appearing by phone. Trump's new thing. He's on by by phone, not by video. And uh, here he is talking about the disloyalty of evangelical leaders who have the audacity not to endorse Trump. You were the ultimate fighter, uh, the ultimate counterpuncher for sure. And that makes me think of evangelicals, why they loved you uh, twice uh, in those elections. And you announced when you announced your candidacy, at least as it stands now, some of these prominent evangelical leaders who backed you last time, they're not yet willing to commit like right. Robert Jeffress is not some others. It seems like many of them are waiting to see how the field takes shape before backing anyone. What is your message to them? Well, I don't really care. Look, uh, oh, by goodness. Antifa has gotten into Trump's audio. That's a, that's a sign of disloyalty. There's great disloyalty in the world of politics, and that's a sign of disloyalty because Nobody, as you know, and you would know better than anybody because you do such a great job, nobody has ever done more for right to life than Donald Trump. I put three Supreme Court justices who all voted, and they got something that they've been fighting for for 64 years or many, many years. Right. And nobody thought they could win it. You know, they they won. Uh, Roe v. Wade, they won. They finally won. And, you know, I was a little disappointed because uh, I thought they could have fought much harder during the election, during the 22 election, because, you know, they won and a lot of them uh, didn't fight or weren't really around to fight. And it did energize the Democrats. So it's a sign of disloyalty, says Trump, that these evangelical leaders won't come out and support him now. Here's the reality. It never made sense for evangelical Republicans to support Donald Trump. It never made sense. And so now use whatever phrase you like. The chickens are coming home to roost. What goes around comes around. The bill has come due, whatever. This was a sort of Faustian pact all along for the evangelicals. They really didn't like Hillary. They sort of wanted Ted Cruz and then that didn't work out. And Trump called Ted Cruz's wife ugly and things didn't go well. And ultimately they had Trump or Hillary as their choice. Um, And uh, then it was Trump or Biden and Biden's Catholic. And a lot of evangelicals don't like that either. And so they went with Trump overwhelmingly, but it never made sense. Look at Trump's past behavior. Look at Trump's past statements, the extramarital affairs, uh, the profanity, 
the um, you know way that he has talked about women in the past. It doesn't align with what the evangelicals want us to believe are their Christian values. Now, want us to believe is doing some heavy lifting there because are these really their values? That's kind of a different question. Trump's policy, by the way, Trump's policies on health care and immigration aren't really very Christian either, based on what are more uh, uh, more enlightened understandings of what those Christian views are. Um, And at the end of the day, the evangelicals now are saying to themselves, we might not have to go with Trump. Let's not jump on the Trump train early because maybe somebody else will actually best Trump in the Republican primary. So the evangelicals seemingly turning on Trump, Trump immediately turning on the evangelicals, because remember, anyone who doesn't immediately wholeheartedly and unanimously support Trump is being disloyal. A couple of weeks ago, it was the Jews being disloyal to Trump. Now it's the evangelicals. That's the framing. That's the that's the black white thinking that uh, people like Trump, narcissist, e- egomaniacs. That is the framing through which they interpret others' actions. We're going to take a very quick break. Make sure you're subscribed to the YouTube channel at YouTube.com/slash The David Pakman Show. What a program we have for you today! One of our sponsors is Curiosity Stream, the best place to find and watch documentaries on politics, history, science, technology, nature, you name it, they have it. Curiosity Stream has a deeper collection of documentaries than any other streaming service. They add new titles every week, including exclusive award winning films and shows you can't watch anywhere else. I just watched Ancient Engineering. Fascinating insights into how stuff was built before modern technology and the industrial revolution. You can watch Curiosity Stream on all of your devices, phone, desktop, game console, smart TV. I'm always finding great documentaries on Curiosity Stream that I can't find on any other platforms. It's really the only place to go for documentaries, and they have a great deal for my audience. You can get Curiosity Stream for an entire year for 15 bucks. That's $1.25 a month. Go to curiositystream.com slash Pacman and use the code Pacman. That's curiosity S T R E A M dot com slash Pacman. Use code Pacman to get it for just a dollar twenty five a month. The link is in the podcast notes. One of our sponsors today is BetterHelp. Uh, viewers of the show, listeners know I'm a big advocate of therapy. Uh, I think it's important to make it more accessible, remove any stigma that might be associated. We all carry around different stressors, big and small. When we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. And therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest, figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. BetterHelp is therapy done entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, suited to your schedule. Fill out a brief questionnaire. You'll be matched with a licensed therapist. Switch therapists anytime at no additional charge. I'm a huge believer in talk therapy and BetterHelp is making it more accessible to more people. You can even find a therapist who specializes in certain areas, which maybe you can't find where you are geographically. There are lots of great benefits to doing therapy online. Get it off your chest. Visit BetterHelp. Go to BetterHelp.com slash Pacman show today to get 10% off your first month. That's better. H E L P dot com slash Pacman show. The link is in the podcast notes. 
One of our sponsors is Helix Sleep. I have been sleeping on a Helix mattress at home for years now. I couldn't be more happy with it. I recommend it to everybody. The other day, even though she's not allowed in the big bed, I put my baby daughter on the mattress and even she loved it. Helix Sleep is the premium mattress brand offering tailored mattresses based on your unique sleep preferences. Take the Helix Sleep Quiz. It asks you about your body type, your sleeping position. Do you get hot at night? Do you have back pain? And then Helix will match you with the mattress that's perfect for you. Most people don't know where to begin when shopping for a mattress, including me. Helix makes it simple and less risky because you know you're getting a mattress that fits your needs. It ships free. You can try it for 100 nights to see if you like it. And it comes with a 10 or 15 year warranty. Unlike many mattress companies, all Helix mattresses are made in the USA by a skilled production team. So you are supporting good jobs. Helix Sleep is giving my audience $350 off plus two free pillows. This is the place to get pillows. You know what I mean. Go to helixsleep.com slash Pacman and use code HelixPartner. The link is down below. All right, my friends, let's take a tour through the disaster porn that is the George Santos fiasco. As many of you know, George Santos is the Republican congressman who has lied about everything. He lied about his education. He lied about his employment history. He lied about being Jewish. He lied about being a volleyball star. He lied about when and how and how seriously he got COVID and was hospitalized and tested positive. I don't know if any of those things are even true at this point in time. And there are even more lies. And, you know, I tweeted about some of these people thought I was kidding. It's become a meme to say Emmy Award winner George Santos. And people go, yeah, okay, funny. Emmy Award. He didn't really say that he won an Emmy that I'm aware of. And I tweeted George Santos claimed that he had two knee replacements from being a volleyball star. And people thought it was one of those jokes. It's not. He really claimed this. There is there is now a lie upon lie. George Santos falsely claimed he was a volleyball star at Baruch College in New York. He now has been caught on video claiming that he was such a star that it led to him messing up his knees and needing two knee replacements. It doesn't appear to be true. This was on the Sid and Friends in the Morning program back in 2020. Listen to this. This is unbelievable. George Santos running against Tom Swazi in the third congressional district coming up next Tuesday. Hey, you know, it's funny, George, you go right to the heart here of me, Sid and Bernie. At the very end of your biography, it yep. says in his spare time, right. George Anthony enjoys volleyball and tennis. Let me tell you why that's funny. You're on this show. Bernie's daughter, Melanie. It's funny because we're all liars as well. Was a star volleyball player in college. And my daughter, Ava, as we speak, is working on a tennis scholarship when she goes to college. So now it's not enough that they're all volleyball stars, even though George Santos was not. George Santos is such a star that now he says he had two knee replacements. It's it's amazing. So the two sports that you seem to enjoy on the weekends are the same two sports our two daughters excel in. Our daughters. You know, it's funny. I actually went to school on a a volleyball scholarship. I did? I did, yeah. Um, When I was in Baruch, we were the number one volleyball. Did you graduate team, from Baruch? Uh, did you graduate from there? Yeah. So did I. I did. I did. So did I. Oh, very. That's a lie. Oh, so great school, great institution, very yes. liberal, but very good, 
very good professors who don't show their bias, which is which is very uh, interesting. But that's a whole other conversation. But it's funny that we went to we went to, to play against Harvard, Yale, and we slay them. <laughs> I spiked four home runs and three touchdowns, and then my knees exploded. <laughs> we, we were champions across the entire Northeast corridor. Every school that came up against us, they were shaking at the time. And it's funny, I was the smallest guy, and I'm six two. We had on our block. Is he six two? I mean, we—that's uh, probably a lie, right? I don't know. It, it, he just—he lies. We should fact check his height. On our on our uh, on our block alone, there were six seven, six eight. These guys weren't jumping; they were just stretching their arms up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We were we were animal. All of us should have been playing basketball, but we chose volleyball because it was easier. <laughs> so it was a it was a great time. Uh, I, look, I sacrificed both my knees and got very nice knee replacement uh, knee replacements oh, from wow. HSS. Yep. Playing volleyball—that's how serious I took the game. <laughs> guys, I mean, he actually listen. He had knee replacements; they were just on other people's knees. He organized knee replacements for other people. Give the guy a break. He actually had four knee replacements on three knees, if you would believe it. It's multi, just one of the young. It's a record, actually, for how young and the number of knee replacements he's had. Lying and lying and lying. This is a sick person. This is an illness, but that doesn't mean we excuse it, right? The fact that he seems to have this inability to control his lying doesn't mean we say so he should get to stay in Congress. He should resign. The pressure is building and it appears that he has even lied about his name. George Santos, Anthony DeVolder. Who am I talking about? Well, apparently it's the same guy. Many of you last week when I said George Santos slash Anthony DeVolder wrote to me and said, David, what are you what are you talking about? I, what do you what do you mean by that? People wrote in asking about this in 2019. George Santos introduced himself not as George Santos, but as Anthony DeVolder, the founder of United for Trump. This was a walk away LGBT event in New York City. The idea being it's for LGBT people to abandon the Republican Party. Here's a familiar looking and sounding guy who says, my name is Anthony DeVolder. Yeah, we're the haters. Oh, you gotta be here. So my name is Anthony DeVolder. Um, I'm a New York City resident. I've recently founded a group called United for Trump. So if you guys want to follow, that would be awesome. My question's directed for both Blair and um, Brandon. Well, Brandon's an idol to all of us. Thank yeah. you. Anthony DeVolder. What is that? Now, if you look at his Wikipedia page, apparently his full name is George Anthony DeVolder Santos. Uh, is that accurate? I guess probably. This is not the first time that this has come up. There's actually some amazing video during his 2020 campaign. A guy who introduced Santos DeVolder at the Queens Village Republican Club was actually confused and said, this guy, I know this guy is Anthony DeVolder. I don't even understand what's going on here. Check this out. This is out. This is amazing. Folks, another important speaker, uh, another congressional nominee. Um, George Santos, George, who we know is a friend, as, and he's known as Anthony DeVolder to me. So I don't know where George Santos came into the thing, but that's what it says here. Yeah, he's the Republican candidate. This guy's like I've been handed a piece of paper that says this guy is George Santos, but I've known him as Anthony DeVolder, 
And indeed, here is another video in which he introduces himself as Anthony DeVolder. Good evening, everybody. My name is Anthony DeVolder. Um, I recently founded a movement called United for Trump on Facebook. And by the way, I have to tell you, he founded a movement. This is typical of people who have these delusions of grandeur. I founded a movement. Dude, you made a Facebook page. Okay, that's what you did. You founded a movement. It's a real movement. It's incredible. It's like Reform Judaism. It's a just an unbelievable movement that has taken the world by storm. Um, next thing would be that, and I people have written to me about this, and I, I hope this doesn't come up. Next thing will be that he says he's trans or something like that. Let's hope it doesn't get to that point. What is his real name? Apparently, it's George Anthony Santos de Volder, Anthony George de Volder Santos, something along those lines. We may never really know. Last thing on George Santos, Anthony de Volder. Okay, please just indulge me and then we will move on for the day. George Santos claims that he developed carbon capture, (laughs) carbon capture technology. (laughs) I'm not kidding. Okay, Uh, I jokingly tweeted a couple weeks ago that um, George Santos actually developed a very interesting dental uh, uh, technique for filling cavities. That was not true. I was joking. But George Santos genuinely says that he played a role in developing carbon capture technology. Listen to this. Long story short, canceling them from the SWIFT system is a very smart move, but it's not enough. We need to do more. And as far as oil, we can fix this. Bring back energy independence, Keystone XL pipeline. Stop creating limits for the permits already out there. Allow our men and women who are out there drilling responsibly with carbon capture technology that I've helped develop and fundraise for in my career. I've had a very extensive role in, in gas and oil in this country. And I can tell you, we cause far less harm to the environment than the occasional accident. Accidents. Happen, yes. yes. That's why in they're accidents. Every industry, <laughs> in every industry, accidents right. happen. A banker can accidentally round up a cash register and add a zero, and that changes everything. The whole th- yeah. Um, this is the problem with lying. Once you start habitually lying, you have to keep lying to support the lies. And these are pointless lies. They are lies of self-aggrandizement. Carbon capture technology has been developed by many individuals and companies and organizations. None of them are George Santos or Anthony DeVolder or whatever other names that he has used. It's, you know, Dr. Klaus Lackner, a physicist, Dr. David Keith, an environmental scientist, Dr. Julio Friedman or Dr. Alan Wright, Rodney John Allum, Eric McFarland, Jennifer Wilcox, a chemical engineer. There are people who really were involved in developing carbon capture technology. Uh, Dr. D.D.A. Hussein, um, George Santos, Anthony DeVolder is not one of the people that helped develop carbon capture technology. And he is so far in with the reflexive lies, the instantaneous lies that it's questionable whether he is even able to control it. Still don't want him in Congress. He still should resign. I am hopeful that he will be pushed out. He is hopeful that everybody will forget about this and move on. We have to do what we can to prevent that from happening. If you're curious of what DeVolder Santos looks like in these clips and you're just listening today, uh, follow us on Instagram or Facebook or YouTube, where we have all of these clips in audio visual format 
for your viewing displeasure, I think is what I would call it. There is something you use at home every day that is significantly harming the planet, and it is your toilet paper. Thirty million trees are destroyed every year for toilet paper in the U.S. alone. Deforestation is a contributor to climate change, and I think moving away from tree based toilet paper is something we can all do. And that's why I asked Real Paper to be our sponsor. Real Paper is a toilet paper made 100 percent from bamboo stalks, which grow forever. So no cutting down trees and all of Real Paper's packaging is plastic free. Think of all those big plastic bags you've thrown out over the years. Real Paper is a B Corp certified by the Forest Stewardship Council. And real paper plants one tree with every purchase you make. And the best part is you can do a part to fight climate change without making any sacrifice because real paper is soft and fluffy and durable, just like traditional toilet paper you're used to. Guys, this is a no brainer for anyone who cares about the issue of deforestation. Give real paper a try. Go to realpaper.com slash Pacman and use the code Pacman for 30% off your first order plus free shipping. That's R E E L paper.com slash Pacman coupon code Pacman for 30% off and free shipping. Every day we see more and more stories about what tech companies and ISPs are doing with your data. Facebook just settled a huge lawsuit alleging they gave millions of users data to a company helping the Trump campaign. Everyone should be using a VPN every time they connect to the Internet. No excuses. A VPN hides your IP address. It can keep your data private from these companies and even from hackers. That's why I reached out to private Internet access about being our sponsor. Private Internet access is the only VPN that has proven in court multiple times they don't log your browsing history. Their no log practices are also independently audited by Deloitte. No other VPN takes your privacy this seriously. Lightning fast for downloads, streaming content only available in other countries works as well, works with all major streaming platforms with one account. You can use it on up to 10 devices and they have a 30 day money back guarantee and their 24 seven support is amazing. Go to piavpncom slash David to get 83% off, that's only 203 a month, and you'll get four months free. The link is in the podcast notes. A Trump supporting failed Republican candidate has been arrested for his involvement in the shootings that took place at the homes of multiple elected Democrats. This is the United States of America in 2023. The world looks on in horror. Uh, the Albuquerque Journal reports failed Republican candidate arrested in shootings targeting Democratic politicians homes. Albuquerque police yesterday arrested the man they say is the mastermind behind a recent string of shootings targeting Democratic lawmakers homes. The suspect Solomon Penna is a Republican who unsuccessfully ran in November, made repeated claims the election was rigged and appears to have attended the January 6th riots in D.C. 
Around 3 p.m., APD's SWAT team swarmed a condo complex, executed a search warrant, made announcements for Pena, who they said may be armed with a firearm to surrender as drones flew overhead. Within an hour, officers arrested Pena, who's accused of paying four men to shoot at the homes of two county commissioners and two state legislators. Investigators also believe Pena was present for at least one of those shootings. Pena ran unsuccessfully in House District 14, claimed on social media he should have won. Where have we heard that before? He also visited three of the targeted officials homes unannounced in November. He showed up and said it was a fraud. The election should not be certified. APD essentially discovered what we had all feared and what we had suspected. These shootings were indeed politically motivated, said Albuquerque Mayor Tim Keller. They were dangerous acts, not only to these individuals, but fundamentally also to democracy. What a shock, huh? Trump supporting Republican thinks he won an election he lost and is willing to use violence against political opponents. Not a shock. Sadly, just another day in the United States of America under this authoritarian wannabe dictatorial Republican Party that prays at the altar of Donald Trump. Um, in er- the backstory of this is interesting and disturbing. In early January, APD disclosed it was investigating several shootings targeting Democratic elected officials homes around the city. They said Bernalillo County Commissioner Adrian Barboa's southeast Albuquerque home had been struck by eight bullets on December 4th. And a week later, on December 11th, more than 12 bullets hit County Commissioner Debbie O'Malley's North Valley home. They just show up and shoot at the homes. You understand what's happening here, right? On January 3rd, shots rang out at State Rep Linda Lopez's home in southwest Albuquerque. Three bullets went through her daughter's bedroom as the 10 year old slept. After news of the investigation circulated, State Rep Javier Martinez, current nominee for House Speaker, then Rep for District 11, inspected his home and noticed it, too, had damage from bullets. He had heard gunfire outside on December 8th and believes that's when the shooting occurred. These people are disgusting, and these are the very people who are the opposite of what they claim to be. By the way, this is terrorism. In my mind, this is absolutely terrorism because this is meant to send a message not only to these individuals whose homes were shot, but more broadly, when you say, oh, Democratic legislator homes are being shot, it is meant to scare people who are Democrats, vote for Democrats, would consider running as Democrats, etc. This is a form of terrorism. We must all ask the question, how could Hunter Biden's laptop have prevented this? Oh, no, sorry. No, no, that's that's wrong. I'm I, uh, I, I'm now too sucked into Hunter Biden's laptop because of Republicans. We must all ask the question if they claim to be for law and order, but they do this. Are they really for law and order? If they claim to be for democracy, but they want candidates who lost to still get sworn into office, are they really for democracy and for counting all of the legal votes and all of those things? The answers, of course, to all of these questions are no, they are not. They claim to be for these things and they actually are not. It is terrorism. They found the guy. Let's now hope they really throw the book at him and prosecute him to the absolute fullest extent of the law. The signal needs to be sent. This isn't acceptable. The problem is we have too many in this country who believe it is acceptable when you do polls. And we looked at them uh, maybe six weeks ago and you ask Americans 
Is it acceptable to use violence to achieve your political goals? More people than ever and many more Republicans than Democrats now say it is indeed. Republicans are looking to phase out electric vehicles. Why on earth would they do that? Because they want to defend and support to the death the oil and gas industry. Let's look at a couple of reports. Newsweek reporting Republicans want to phase out electric cars to protect fossil fuels. In late December, Oregon officials approved regulations that would ban the sale of new gas powered vehicles in the state by 2035. That's pretty interesting. Two states away in Wyoming, Republican lawmakers are looking to go in a different direction, writes Newsweek, pushing legislation that would ban the sale of all new electric vehicles in what lawmakers are calling an effort to preserve the state's fossil fuel industry. What? Sponsored by Casper Republican Senator Jim Anderson with the support of other Republicans, the resolution proposes to phase out the sale of all new electric vehicles in the state by 2035 to help maintain the fossil fuel jobs that underpin the state's economy. Imagine I have contraband. I went to another state to get it. What is it? Is it is it meth? What is it? Is it the abortion pill? No, it's an electric vehicle. Huh? That's pretty bonkers. The proliferation of electric vehicles, reads the resolution at the expense of gas powered vehicles will have a deleterious will have deleterious impacts on Wyoming's communities and will be detrimental to Wyoming's economy and the ability for the country to efficiently engage in commerce. They're just going to say you you can't buy electric vehicles anymore. Not new Uh, and gadget reporting. Wyoming wants to phase out sales of new EVs by 2035. It's a symbolic gesture aimed at states like California, California, and New York, of course, are going in the direction of saying after a certain date, we're not going to allow ice vehicles, internal combustion engine vehicles to be sold. So a couple thoughts. First of all, this is not exactly the free market. Now, you could say electric vehicles shouldn't be subsidized. You could say that you could take that. You could make that argument and say, listen, um, I really want a free market. So the government shouldn't offer rebates or tax credits on electric vehicles. Now, If that's your position, you should also say that the government shouldn't subsidize oil and gas uh, fossil fuels at all. Right. If if your position is no subsidies, let the free market decide you've got to get rid of all subsidies and tax credits. That that is certainly one position. But it is not a free market to say phase out electric vehicles, but continue subsidizing oil and gas, which is exactly what they want to do now. You can make arguments about electric vehicles that I think are perfectly fair arguments to make. Like, for example, the sourcing of some of the materials required to make batteries is a problem. I'm with you. It's got to be figured out. There is no doubt. I believe it's cobalt. The sourcing of cobalt for batteries is a problem. We have to figure out what do we do with spent electric vehicle batteries? That question is being answered. It's being worked on. It's going to be figured out. But you have to remember that there are some systemic fundamental advantages to electric vehicles over gas powered vehicles that make this. I I would never say this is the end point. Once electric vehicles are are predominant, there will be some next thing, right? 100 years, two, three, 500 years. This isn't the end. But when you compare electric to gas powered, gas powered vehicles typically have what's called energy conversion efficiency of 20 percent. That means 20 percent of the energy stored in the gasoline before you burn it 
is actually used to power the vehicle. Twenty percent. That's very low. Electric vehicles have an energy conversion efficiency of 90 percent, meaning that 90 percent of the energy stored in the batteries is actually used to power the vehicle, to power its systems, to move the vehicle at the base level. Electric vehicles are way more efficient at using energy and they produce fewer emissions. Now, then you get to the next layer benefit. Electric vehicles don't have a tailpipe. They don't emit pollutants and greenhouse gases at the tailpipe. Gas powered vehicles, as they drive around, spew dangerous pollutants like carbon monoxide, nitrogen oxides, particulate matter, all sorts of stuff. Terrible for human health, terrible for the environment. Electric vehicles don't do that. There's no tailpipe emissions. They don't directly pollute the air. Now, of course, where's the electricity coming from? The electricity may be polluting the air, but you can get off of that. You can power your electric vehicle with solar energy, with wind energy. And so every time you go up, up, up the chain, you reduce the emissions and the benefit of electric vehicles over gas powered vehicles grows. Now, we still have problems to solve, but these are fundamental realities. And these Republicans, I mean, listen, even the uh, uh, legacy automobile manufacturers are realizing the direction things are going. They're trying to roll out the EVs slowly, right? They still want to get as much money out of ICE vehicles as they can. But even GM and Ford and all these companies realize the way things are going. But Republicans, some retrograde Republicans are saying, no, 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 we're not going to do it. It is absolutely horrifying. And they don't actually care. You know, this is like saying, we don't believe that smoking is bad. Let's have this movement to maintain smoking in restaurants that we've seen. Um, the companies that for 40 years have known that uh, the harvesting of fossil fuels is bad for the environment and they cover up or they pretend they don't know about it, whatever the case may be. It is not only immoral in the long term. I actually think it's bad business. But the state of Wyoming says, let's phase it out. Um it will be laughed at eventually. I don't know if it'll be five years from now, 10, 20. It will be seen as absolutely absurd that states, once we have the technology, we're building out the charging network, that states were still saying, hey, let's protect the cars that drive around burning fossil fuels, putting it into the atmosphere, furthering the negative impact of the entire fossil fuel industry. It will be seen as insane uh, when I don't know. But Wyoming wants to wants to lead the world in that. It's disgusting. Let's take a quick break and we'll be back after this. One of our sponsors today is Zipix nicotine toothpicks. Zipix brings you a convenient alternative to smoking and vaping and the vape clouds, the ashtrays, the thing in your lip that people can see. I've seen that around. This is an easier and less messy way to curb the cravings. And you can use Zipix just about anywhere. Zipix is available in six flavors with two or three milligrams strength. The nicotine and the flavor are long lasting and Zipix has helped countless people kick the bad habits and they are bad habits. Zipix toothpicks are FDA registered. Their customer service is second to none. It is one of the most cost effective alternatives 
Also, check out their B12 and caffeine toothpicks. See for yourself why so many people have switched to Zipix toothpicks. You can only get Zipix online. Go to zipixtoothpicks.com and get 10% off with the code PACMAN. That's Z I P P I X toothpicks.com. Promo code PACMAN saves you 10%. The info is in the podcast notes. Arkansas is now proudly and defiantly led by new governor Sarah Huckabee Sanders, the daughter of former Arkansas governor Mike Huckabee. And she is wasting no time, my friends. She has gone right to the heart of the matter of what is most creating a problem for the state of Arkansas. She is banning critical race theory in K through 12 schools, which is not taught in Arkansas in K through 12 schools. Huh? Wait a second. Is that, I'm not sure. Here is Sarah Huckabee Sanders on Fox News Sunday, the day before yesterday. And she is asked about the anti critical race theory me- uh, measure that she signed, despite the fact that it's not taught in schools. And she had an answer ready. Here is that answer. And we talked during the commercial about the fact that you're now growing up in the ho- or your kids will grow up in the house where you grew up. Now that you're the governor, you have a different bedroom this time around. But it sounds like your daughter's going to grow up in this space. You did as well. Um, you hit the ground running this week after your inauguration. A number of executive orders. Um, some folks love them. Some folks do not. Let's talk about your critics' uh, reaction to some of these orders. One of them is called Executive Order to Prohibit Indoctrination and Critical Race Theory in Schools. <laughs> the House Minority Leader there in Arkansas, a Democrat, says this. We can't support our teachers if we alienate and insult them with headline-grabbing executive orders. She says CRT is not being taught in Arkansas schools. Axios seems to back her up. They said reality check. There's no indication that the college level course is taught in any Arkansas public school. So (laughs) if that's true, why the executive order? Right. Small government. It's incredibly important that we do things to protect the students in our state. We have to make sure that we are not indoctrinating our kids and that these policies and these ideas never see the light of day. Now, of course, a smart question here would be, do you have evidence that they are being indoctrinated by critical race theory? That question is not asked. We should never teach our kids to hate America or that America is a racist and evil country. In fact, it should be the exact opposite. We know for a fact that the Federal Department of Education issued CRT guidance and policies to every school district in the country. Our job is to protect the students, and we're going to take steps every single day to make sure we do exactly that. And that's the reason I signed the executive order. I'm proud of the fact that we're taking those steps, and we're going to continue to do it every single day that I'm in office. Can teachers, though, still have the uncomfortable conversations about the sins of our past, about the things this country has gotten wrong? Our teachers absolutely need to teach our history, but they shouldn't teach our kids and our students uh, ideas to hate this country. And of course, they are not being taught that we must protect our students, vulnerable children from things which are not being taught to them. And this is actually a classic of the American right wing. It's a classic of reactionary populism. It's a classic of authoritarianism. You invent a problem and then you solve it. You put out the fire that you started. But in this case, it's a fake fire in, 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 in reality. It could be taught, though, David, it could be taught. Oh, but it is not. Now, sm- there's there's sort of two uh, big aspects to this. One is 
They claim to be small government conservatives. They are now passing laws against things that could happen at some point, but aren't happening right now. Principle, we are for limited government. Reality, we are passing laws against things that aren't even taking place, not actually limited government. This is why Sarah Huckabee Sanders ran for government uh, for for governor um, to appear on Fox News, to spout right wing talking points and to claim to have solved problems that are only problems in the minds of these very right wingers, because banning something that is not being taught in school is a classic example of grandstanding. And it is what Fox News is there for for these Republicans. We're going to deal with the M&Ms that are the wrong gender and we're going to deal with CRT, which isn't being taught. And you're going to call us heroes for doing it. But I want to mention something else. This is a huge disservice to Arkansas schools. And what do I mean by that? Look at Arkansas's rankings when it comes to education. They are in the toilet. I don't know how many times they've been flushed, but they're in the toilet. Arkansas is 44th in the country in high school graduation rate. Arkansas is 40th in the country in overall educational quality, according to US News and World Report. And according to Niche, it's 49th in the country in terms of overall educational quality. Arkansas is 44th in the country in terms of overall educational performance. Arkansas is 45th in the country in terms of overall child well-being, which includes other factors like poverty and, and food at school and all these different things. Arkansas is 47th in the country in terms of fourth grade reading proficiency is banning CRT, which isn't being taught, going to help fourth graders know how to read uh, Arkansas's 48th and eighth grade math proficiency. And according to the U.S. Census Bureau, Arkansas is 48th in the country in terms of median household income, which is highly associated with educational outcomes. Is banning CRT going to raise household income in Arkansas, which will improve educational outcomes for kids? They are banning CRT, which isn't taught there, despite being close to dead last in so many educational indicators. This is a massive disservice to the people of Arkansas. I hope they see it. She never should have been elected. And um, I mean, listen, meanwhile, you look at how Connecticut and California and Massachusetts and Illinois and other states are doing in education. They're not banning critical race theory. Math scores are up. Reading proficiencies up. Uh, budgets are much healthier. You know, it's it's the same old story. It really is. And Sarah Huckabee Sanders is now at the front, of, front at the forefront of it. I unfortunately have to do this segment. There are dangerously delusional people in my audience and one of the sorts of segments that brings it out is when I report facts, not giving my opinion. I give plenty of opinions on this show. I'll say, listen, I'm against the death penalty. That's my opinion. Let me tell you why. And people will write in and they'll say, oh, well, you know, I agree with you or I disagree or whatever. But we know we're talking about opinion. Last week, I reported to you that the rate of inflation was down. I didn't say that we have deflation. That's different. I said, the rate of inflation is down. A healthy economy expects a little bit of inflation. I've explained why the rate of inflation is down. It wasn't my opinion. These are the numbers and the numbers have been measured more or less the same way for decades. And I want to give you some examples of the responses I saw, the comments I saw on YouTube 
And you will very quickly see that we have a tragedy of critical thinking, really lack of critical thinking in this country. Jeff responded, quoting me, used car prices have gone down. LOL. Obviously, someone isn't in the used car market. Remember, this isn't me driving around looking at used car prices. We have monthly data on this issue. Folks like Jeff, when the data said used car prices are up, agreed with it because it was what they wanted to tell as a story because Joe Biden's president and he's driving up the prices of used cars, even though it started under Donald Trump during the pandemic. And now it's, oh, you're not in the used car market, so you don't actually know what's going on with used car prices. This isn't my opinion. This is the data. If you went to one used car lot and saw an expensive used car, that doesn't mean anything about what's going on nationally. Okay. Next example from Tulsa. Have you checked the math, David Pakman? I bet if you check it, you will find that it's off a lot. I don't know what that means. I am reporting to you the inflation data. We have done stories on what goes into the inflation number. I'm not doing the math, but it's not math in the sense you think it is. This is the same inflation data that when inflation was high, folks like this pointed to and said, look, here are the numbers. Look at how high inflation is. Now that inflation is coming down, they're like, oh, no, the math is all wrong. Really? What do you know about the math? I'm curious. Mr. Tox responded, LOL, I call BS. I don't see prices dropping and eggs are sky high. Eggs aren't cheap. So nope. Now, my personal experience is also that eggs are expensive right now. That's true. Uh, You know, I buy my uh, pasture raised cage free liberal hipster eggs and they're expensive. They absolutely are expensive. But I understand that my experience of buying eggs is anecdotal and it doesn't tell me what's going on with inflation numbers nationally. But Mr. Tox saw expensive eggs, so the numbers must be fake. Brian wrote in inflation is down where nothing has gone down in price where I live. I miss the old David Pakman who didn't always simp for the establishment. You might as well work for CNN or MSNBC. You know, these comments are fascinating. When I report that gas prices are up during Joe Biden's presidency, people like Brian go, it's Biden's fault. It's terrible what's going on. No questioning of the data. When I report that inflation is down based on the same sources, Brian doesn't like the content. So it must be that I'm simping for the establishment. I report data, data that has been measured the same way for decades, unemployment, stock market, inflation. These aren't opinions, folks. Zippy wrote in. I'm not seeing it. Prices are high in Philadelphia. Again, you don't understand the difference between anecdotes and data. How many times do I have to explain this? A Newman with a total whataboutism. Where is the coverage on the classified documents, David? Well, I'll tell you where it isn't in my segment about inflation. The coverage of the classified documents is in the segment about classified documents. Classic whataboutism. And then lastly, Robert says 
He's this is a different approach. This is the God fearing approach. Your narrative and lies are catching up to you. God's watching you, Parkman. Presented completely without comment. This is really scary because we are here in a country where the average person lacks a basic degree of ability to think through a problem. Wow. The report after inflation being really high is that inflation is lower. I saw that eggs were expensive. Is that a logical way to contradict a report? No, it's not. But of course, that's not the type of thinking that we frequently see. We have a voicemail number. That number is two one nine two David P. Here's a caller who wants me to rank the soy boys. Listen to this. Happy New Year's, Pat girl. Uh, I have a serious question for you, and you have to answer truthfully. By the way, the nickname there was Pac Girl for those that not Pacman, Pac Girl. Very, very uh, impressive. Truthfully, who is the bigger soy boy of the three? Okay. Is it you, Hassan Nail Polish Piker? Okay. Or Destiny? Ah. Answer truthfully, please. Okay. Thank you. Who is the biggest soy boy? Is it me? All right. This is me. Is it Hassan Piker? who wears nail polish, says this caller. Does Hassan wear nail polish? I don't know. Don't care. Or is it Stephen Kenneth Destiny Benel II, a well-known Cuban-American streamer? Um, I think the biggest soy boy is definitely uh, me. I don't know. Um, This is the type of stuff that the right is concerned with. Soy boy and um, various uh, insults. And for those who don't know, if I understand the soy boy insult correctly, it's a right wing insult that takes the idea that liberals. Is it that liberals don't eat meat or something or that they like tofu? I'm not even really sure. And soy becomes emblematic of lack of strength. Meat is strength. Soy is a cheap a sissy alternative. I think that that's the whole idea of uh, soy boy. These people have real problems that I'm sure that you can tell. We have a fantastic bonus show for you today. Joe Biden recently questioned why police always shoot with deadly force. We're going to talk about that on the bonus show. We also are seeing more states push for ranked choice voting in 2023. We will review what is ranked choice voting, What are its advantages? What are its disadvantages? Is it possible that we will get to more widespread ranked choice voting nationally? Very interesting topic. And lastly, Republicans are now justifying their latest attack on Social Security, saying, listen, people want to work longer. Let's raise the retirement age, because at the end of the day, it's what people want. People want to be working longer. Is that true? But more importantly, is that a valid reason to justify raising the retirement age. All of those stories and more on today's bonus show. Oh, the bonus show where you want to make money. Let's do it. Everybody else that makes money to fund themselves is bad. That's right, Alex. Let's go make money on the bonus show. You can sign up at joinpacman.com. You will get instant and I really do mean instant access to the bonus show. You will get the commercial free audio and video streams of the show every day, hours before we publish them for everybody else just by virtue of being a member. And 
We are days away from launching the member soundboard. I have received so many requests from people to make a soundboard for our members that mimics my soundboard where I play the clips. Obama. Exactly. Truth essential. We're doing a class action lawsuit against all machines. We have built it. We are populating it with the clips. Soon members will have access to my soundboard. It's a beautiful and exciting thing. You can sign up at joinpacman.com. I will see you on today's bonus show or otherwise right back here tomorrow.